Hello everybody and welcome to Sound of Play.
Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. And joining me, Leon Cox, in Sound of Play 249, is composer for Gears Tactics, is Edward Patrick White. Welcome to Sound of Play, Edward. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Ah, our pleasure. Now, uh, Gears Tactics is uh, pretty much brand new out at the time of recording. I've just managed to get get it downloaded today after some traumatic Xbox troubles. Oh dear! Uh, but if I managed to, uh, it was it, it was it was the troubles seemed to be at my end, but Microsoft related. But never mind all that. That's boring. I'm in. I got the download and I got to play some Gears Tactics earlier today. Enjoyable stuff. Uh, very much in my wheelhouse as an, a long-term XCOM fan. Uh, <laughs> and I got to enjoy some of that music. And it also raised a few questions about uh, the the sort of the process for composing for such a game. Uh, so let's start with a bit about you. You are a composer of some experience. Uh, your, your IMDB CV goes back uh, around 20 years. Well, actually a little longer if you include... Your first uh, short movie, which was which is a credit from 1989, uh, but then we've got from 2002 onwards a slew of short films, TV work, documentaries, adverts, uh, and at, so far, I think, am I right in saying this is your second video game project? That's right. Yeah. So my my first video game was a project called Angels Fall First, and uh, yeah. I did a job on that, and they were they were very happy, and uh, that actually was my route onto Gears. Right. Okay, so it was your your video game calling card, and that was my next question. Uh, who contacted who? Was it uh, was it the coalition or Splash Damage or someone from that end, or was so, it a pitch? So a very no, so a very good. Well, it's a combination of all of those. Um, right. A very good friend of mine um, called Josh Grafton. He and I have known each other for decades and um, played in bands together. And he basically ended up refocusing on video games, and he was one of the developers who got me involved with angels fall first and so i wrote some music for that and that was kind of his his pet project that he had going on the side and all the while he was uh one of the leads working at splash damage and when gears came through the door he very kindly said to them i have the right guy for, for this job you have to have a listen to some of his music mm. So we opened the show with the first of our selections from this OST. Thank you so much for sharing these with us uh, and hopefully um, giving our listener a taste of some of the atmosphere and the mood uh, and the drama that's to come from Gears Tactics. Obviously, this is a, a slight shift in genre from the traditional third person cover based shooting into the turn based cover based shooting tactical top down. Um, and so, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get you to explain a little bit about each piece. So we open the show already with the wrong gear where does that one play in the uh, in the story of gears tactics so this is one of the very early cinematics uh that you encounter um i think it's probably um somewhere around one of the training missions and it's a, a really bombastic visual where the main character gabe we're introduced to him and uh he's a reluctant hero he's he's kind of got his his people uh, working in the motor pool. He doesn't really fancy being uh, someone who's going to go out and save the world. Um, but he gets a knock at the door and is, is, is dragged out to, uh, to go and, and fight the locust. And uh, all, all, all manner of things happen during this cinematic and uh, the, the hammer of dawn goes off and it's, it's, yes. it's very exciting. 
Yeah. So the where does uh, Gears Tactics sit for those who don't know within the uh, the now rather extensive history of the Gears universe? Well, that's right. It's now a, a multi generational saga that's sort of seen from lots of different character perspectives. So our story takes place twelve years before the original Gears of War video game, um, mm. but I guess two years after Judgment, um, and uh, it's. It's right. really kind of picking up pre-Marcus Phoenix and all of that stuff. Yeah. So I, my personal history with Gears goes back to Emergence Day 2006. It was the day I bought my Xbox 360. Uh, one, <laughs> Gears was one of the games that I wanted to see, although I didn't have an HD TV at that point. So it was, uh, it was in good old standard def, but it still looked a level up from you know what I'd been used to on the PS2 and and so on. So yeah, exciting times. And I, I apart from uh, the latest couple of examples, I've I've kept up with the whole series, played through uh, Gears two, three, and four. Yes, and uh, as well as the original. And one of the questions I had for you was thinking about the legacy of composers that have worked on those games: Kevin Riepel, Steve Jablonski, Jacob Shea, Ramin Jawadi. So you're now in that canon yeah. of composers who've written for gears how much did you know that all that different music from those games and how much influence did you want to take obviously there's a certain sound that you want to be consistent about but equally you don't want to lift too much from your peers and uh, predecessors well it's, it's an interesting that's an interesting question i mean one of our our initial tasks that we set ourselves before i wrote a note was me and the audio team uh, at Splash Damage and uh, TC basically listened to absolutely everything. Um, right. And we watched all of the cinematics to see how, you know, the, the, the music fin um, was working in the legacy uh, games and, and, and the current uh, Gears 4 and 5, which 5 was in development at the time. Fortunately, a lot of mm. that was happening at Splash Damage. So I was able to get a bead on where they were going with that. Um, but you're absolutely right. And when you take into account the, the, the breadth of time, I mean, literal time in the real world, yeah. then also the time absolutely. in the video game, there's, mm. there's an idea of, of Gears music, but actually it's really broad because, you know, Kevin has sort of established a vocabulary and then obviously remains doing his, his thing with four and five and, and uh, the Jablonski scores are really, really loved by fans. Uh, and then judgments is sort of curio that, that that fits in there and and is much more guitar orientated. So for me, hmm. the big challenge was was how do you unify this into something right. that because we're already messing with with the, the the genre. We've already moved from you know the third person cover base to top down uh, strategic tactical game. Um, so it, there was a real feeling that we had to make people feel. Don't worry, we've got you. We know what Gears is. And to do yeah. that, that meant that we really had to kind of extract uh, the, the, the essences of each of those composers, essentially, try, trying to find out, well, yes, they're doing Gears in their own way. And that was really useful for me because it let me figure out how, how to do Gears, but do Gears my way. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it must be tricky. It's something I often speak to composer guests I have on here about is that the thing that must, well, it would terrify me if I was a composer. Thankfully, I'm not. Um, but I, I've had a similar feeling when I've been writing, which is the the feeling of desperately trying to avoid 
repeating or or seemingly being overly influenced by what's gone before but while but in this case i think it's even more challenging because you are literally trying to not replicate but reflect pre- previous works without just simply going over the same ground are there any actual uh, motifs or riffs that you got to reuse or is it all your own melodic sort of uh, take on the gear this particular bit of gears there are some i mean there are some quotations from from gears one okay as a sort of easter egg moments and i think the logic for that really was you know we're a prequel to gears one and yeah. uh so that gave us a lot of license a to write our own music and and that is the majority of the score i mean when i say quotations i mean very uh, at an easter egg level for 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 fans who are listening yeah but at the same time you know you you have to kind of find something that's unique to these new characters because it's pre-marcus phoenix we don't have jd we don't have kate it's you know a completely new squad of of Mm. um really interesting and i think quite lovable characters as well so it, it felt like they needed their own unique uh, take on the music. So our next selection, actually talking about the characters, Motorpool, uh, this refers to the situation in which we find our main protagonist uh, at the start of the game. So, yeah, he, he sort of gets this knock on the door and is dragged out and, and we go through that whole, that whole sequence. And when he returns home, uh, we find that um, all is not as it should be. Um, and the character of Sid, who at this point, we don't really know what Sid's motivations are, um, but Sid gives Gabe the uh, nickname of, of Motorpool, but it's in a sort of quite trying circumstances as well.
Motorpool from Gears Tactics, as composed by my guest, Edward Patrick White. And we're talking there about uh, the, the, the new protagonist, voiced by uh, Noshir Dalal. And uh, I've noticed him cropping up in everything I've been playing recently. Um, I've noticed he's gone from uh, being a sort of additional voices guy in some things, but I've... He's got a distinctive Tomra, which I've picked up on in Spider-Man and things like that. Uh, a, got a really starring role in Charles Smith in Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, and now, yeah, he's um, he's uh, front and centre in, in this Gears tale. Absolutely. And, and, and how well deserved, because, I mean, he's just got such a great voice. He has, yeah. I loved him as Charles. And it's he's so distinctive that, yeah, it was. Uh, I was just playing a bit of the Spider-Man 2018 DLC last night and it's like hang on a minute i recognize that 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 thug that hoodlum it's yes. uh, it's him again uh he's had a bit of sekiro going as well um and yeah he was a uh, male nomad or cog soldier and npcs in gears 5 yeah and obviously promoted in gears tactics yes yes yeah um and i mean i just you know it's interesting because for me when i'm working the you know the facial animation particularly for the cinematics is is one of the last things that goes in Ah. So you're really reliant on the, the the quality, the timbre, and the delivery that the uh, voice actors give to to try and mm. discern what the subtleties of what the music should be doing. Right, right. So at what stage, uh, yeah, do you um, sort of apply your music in that situation with the cutscenes? Um, are you given storyboards early on or do you work from almost the finished well, uh, uh, cinematic? With, no. So, I mean, uh, from my perspective, uh, I'm seeing very early on um, almost grey boxes and, um, right. you know, uh, almost like um, shop mannequins kind of yeah, gl yeah. gliding yeah. around the place with very basic kind of animation um sometimes one of the audio team will have, have done the line sometimes you're lucky enough to get uh something that the actor's done i mean what was particularly interesting about this project was that a lot of the dialogue was recorded when they were doing the motion capture so it really um comes from a place of uh physical motion and um effort and exertion mm. performance yes yeah. exactly yeah. Do you think there are ever, if as you're getting the, uh, as you're working from early like animatic types uh, scenario, do the then the animators and the 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 uh, directors of those cinemas get to respond to the subtleties and cues in your music and work those back in? There's there is definite back and forth. I mean, it's interesting for me because you know um, you. I, I, it's only fairly recently that I've actually seen the the the, the completely finished cinematics, and it's yeah. um, really interesting because sometimes the version that I was writing to, you know, the color scheme would be slightly different. You know, it's more right. of a you know a, a, a bloodshot sun sunset or something, and then suddenly, you know, in the final thing, it's much more dusky and and blue, and that that difference in colors can actually um, you know affect what you would naturally write. But I think. For sure. But the, I think the fact that we start with grey boxes means that everyone's completely focused on trying to drill down to what is the truth of this scene before, you know, we, mm. we get too bogged down in uh, the, the detail of what's happening in the frame. 
And one thing I did want to say uh, from my couple of hours with the game so far is I wouldn't want anyone to think that because this is a side story, a guy den or whatever, um, that the the production values have been skimped on in any way. This is very much feels like a, to me, like a, a top tier Gears production. It just so happens to be in a in a different oh. genre. Absolutely. I mean, I think TC are very keen to, you know, take the, the, the franchise and see where they can go with it across, you know, different, I mean, I mean there's already, for example, there's already novels, there's graphic novels and, and, and things like that, mm -hmm. you know, and I think they recognize that the Gears world is a big world. Um, and consequently, it means that, you know, you're going to want to tell stories about lots of different people at different time periods. And there's a benchmark of quality that has to be hit for all of those. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, let's have our next selection from the soundtrack and perhaps we'll talk a little bit about uh, what part of the game it was from after we hear it. This is COG-1.
Tactics, as is all our music today. That's Cog One by my guest, Edward. And yeah, tell us about uh, that piece, where it fits in the game and your process in composing it. So the soundtrack for the game predominantly focuses on cinematics, but this is actually a, a rare example of the, uh, rare for the soundtrack, example of the in-game music. Yes. So um, the plan here was to try and give the most um, distilled representation of what the cog turn um, was uh, in, in gameplay. Uh, so the way that the game's structured, you have obviously um, the cog turn and then you have a locust turn and uh, it's that, that complex game of, of chess, very bloody, brutal game of chess that's taking place. Yeah. Um, and the music is very interactive in the game. So obviously as you're deciding what you want to do. Uh, there's a cerebral nature to that, but yet the music also has to kind of tick along and underscore your decision-making process. And of course, once it gets uh, very kinetic and very bloody, um, then it, the music needs to be able to scale. So it's uh, the way that the music functions in the game. There's a lot of music in the game. Um, and this track essentially was a, a distillation of um, one of those levels. Mm, yeah, that was very much my next question. Playing the game, I was thinking about your role as a composer and thinking this is a, it's a bit, different from scoring the cinematics in that you may have a player who is incredibly meticulous about these games and probably on the later levels you have to be no matter how good at these things you are to kind of solve the the challenges strategic uh, puzzles of the levels you need to write music which doesn't get irritating but playing away in the background which i always think is a skill in in itself any gamer has played a game where they've been driven slightly batty by the same riffs coming around and again and it's sort of cementing how frustrating they're finding the situation how how do you what what's the key to writing a piece of music that can just keep on going and looping entertainingly without actually becoming an irritant well that's i mean that is a real that's the real challenge and if i'd be lying if i if i said that you know we 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 started with an outcome in mind um for each hmm. track that, that occurs in gameplay without really having a keen sense of what is the science behind how you do that. So I have two guys that, um, in the audio team that I worked with very closely, um, Augie Restivo and Tazio Shiasare at Splash Damage, and, and they would sort of say, say to me from time to time, this is a bit. This is this is a bit earwormy. I was kind of going home and humming the tune, and and maybe we should sort of scale back from that because right. after you've listened to that tune for however many hours, you might mm. want to kind of, you know, throw your your PC out the uh, the window. Um, <laughs> so the, I mean, that was that was a real challenge. There's and, and there's also the process of writing interactive music, uh, whether you're doing it vertically or horizontally to sort of yeah means if you're dealing with a very layered approach when you listen to the music it's the most densely overwritten over orchestrated overproduced <laughs> piece of music that you would ever listen to you would never want to listen to music like that and yet sort of you take a minute like that and then you can actually stretch it out because the uh, the game engine swaps things in and out and for me that's a real pleasure as well because i would go in and i would play the game and have these sort of surprises because the game engine would give me my music back 
in a way that I'd not thought that it would would uh, be played back. So I mean, there's there's a kind of an element of um, the, the composer working with a certain um, being slightly removed from the the end outcome. Hmm. Okay, next piece is called Trails. What can you tell us about this one? Trails is really where um, I, I, for me, I kind of felt like this is where the story really gets going. It's where you start to get this this uh, character of Ukon is is um, being introduced, and uh, he's really just a name. Um, and there's missing uh, teams and. Gabe and Sid go on this search to find these missing teams and, and they don't have a good feeling about what's happened to these guys and girls, but um, they go looking for them because they have to. They don't have anyone uh, on their side, so they need to recruit people where they can find them. And uh, those trails lead off to places that Sid and Gabe have to go and search, trying to, to grow their force. Trails from Gears Tactics by Edward White. We're talking to Edward about his work on this exciting new Gears game, A New Direction. Um, my next question, this is one I always like to put to composers as well, is, uh, is was this entirely composed in your uh, wonderful 
self-built studio at the end of your garden? Was there any uh, external work with the musicians or is this all done with the magic of your your libraries and keyboards and guitars that you keep at home? So predominantly the score is an in-the-box uh, score, but I mean, obviously you have to, as much as we all love our studios and our, you know, our sample libraries and our synthesizers mm. and all of that, there is something wonderful about uh, adding real human beings. And yeah. for me, I'll draft anyone who's sort of walking through the walking <laughs> through the door. So there were situations where my eight-year-old daughter sort of would bring me a something to eat or something, and I would sort of say, "All right, you should sing something." And she, I would literally oh. get her to sing whatever she wanted to sing, and then I would use that as a organic texture, and I would pitch Brilliant. it, I would stretch it, I would granulate it. Um, and these things aren't necessarily featured uh, sounds. But mm. that organic element really lifts the score. Uh, it's in there somewhere. Yes. The secret ingredient. Exactly. Mm. Um, and, you know, I played, you know, I played guitar and I played bass on it. I had a, I had a great old time making a racket. Mm. Some rock and roll. Is that your background then? Um, contemporary music? Or were you always passionate about the, the, the more cinematic or classical? I was really fortunate in that my dad has a musical background. And I grew up in a house where, you know, I was... We were listening to, you know, the Beatles, but then we were also listening to Shostakovich. We were listening to mm. Mahler symphonies. And, and so I had a really broad mu musical education growing up. Um, and I figured out probably in my early teens that playing guitar would uh, a allow me to um, become more of a feature for the ladies. And um, so, you know, like, like I wouldn't be the, the first musician to sort of say, well, yes, I uh, started playing music for kind of nefarious ends. And then you, disco you discover Indeed. that actually it's uh, a, a really broad world. And I went to university and I studied music with uh, a, a very brilliant um, composer for English National Opera and uh, really learned a lot about orchestration and how the orchestra worked. And I got to experiment with chamber ensembles and, you know, jazz ensembles. So. You know, my um, my my background is is a real hodgepodge um, that that includes you know music of, of I mean I was you know I was making drum and bass at university I was doing right. all kinds of things so uh, yes it's um, a, a broad world that I come from. And were you uh, were you gaming at all at the time? Does do you have much history with with the medium, or is that something that's come along as a professional interest? No, I mean I've I've been into video games since. I mean, one of my earliest experiences was of um, you know having video games on tapes uh, for my BBC yeah. Micro uh, oh, computer made by Acorn. And in fact, actually, I, I tell you had a had a had an intelligent family if they had the BBC, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, and, and I was really the only person, I think, at that time who, who really got into the idea of the computer as being uh, a frontier um, yeah. uh, that you could kind of uh, explore. And so even some of my earliest music was written in basic on, on a computer. And you had to like literally write a whole line of code just to get yes. beeps and boops. Yes, as it were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, um, I think even even the BBC version of Elite had a certain uh, number of uh, versions, um, interpretations of classical music. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, there's I think there were. There were programs that I get, oh, they would give out like cheat sheets of code 
in basic that you could sort of sit there and you would end up with yeah. you know a, a, a bach fugue or something at the end of it but it's played <laughs> by your computer um sound inseparable from the real thing just like the the stuff that you're making now <laughs> <laughs> that's very kind um well relevant enough then on the job training um this is our next piece and what can you tell us about on the job training uh, in the game so context? uh in in the game the gabe and, and sid uh, as i mentioned previously they've sort of uh got to grow their their team um but the people that they find aren't necessarily uh crack gears and, mm. and need to be trained up and that comes with a lot of drama. Some people are more uh, keen to be trained up than others. Um, and, you know, certainly I think some of the trainers are, are, are more or less keen to be training people. So there's interesting kind of character development that happens. Um, and the arc really broadens for each of the characters uh, at this point in the game. Yeah, this is, uh, again, where uh, obviously I'm sure Splash Damage wouldn't mind me saying that uh, because obviously XCOM has been around for quite a while that there are some similarities here with uh, new recruits being uh, needing a lot of nurturing through uh, through their early missions and uh, and a certain amount of um, uh, sort of CBT I think, <laughs> video yeah, games. That's right. But I think, you know, it's interesting that, that I think there's also a kind of a... a, a bonding um right need that's being filled there which is uh, i've certainly had the experience of playing video games and sort of you work on your team and you customize them and you know you give them names and and, and you yes. really start to feel a sense of um i mean i remember being gutted recently on red dead redemption 2 when i accidentally permadeathed my horse you know that i oh, spent ages no. It's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking, you know, and I, th I think that that is also where people emotionally bond with games is when they, they sort of start to put things in and, and curate and, and feel a certain sense of, I don't know, kinship would be too strong a word, but there's a bond that, that occurs, I think. And, and, and for sure. strategy games are great for that.
that was on the job training from Gears Tactics. And uh, yeah, that made me think of um, the there's a barracks uh, segment in in the game in between levels. So uh, where you can kit out your gears and uh, there's uh, yeah, there's quite a lot of customization in there. Even um, from the off, you obviously collect uh, upgrades and items and, and gain access to better uh, stuff, weapons and tools as the game goes on. But right from the beginning, you can pretty much. Uh, customize your armor uh, and colors and uh, metal types and all this kind of thing from the start as you were saying Edward to get that sort of ownership of your squad I think it's really important and and you know the it was interesting when the when the trailer for the game came out and that piece of information sort of got into the world it was really interesting watching on the Twitter sphere how people were like this is amazing you know I'm so excited that I'm gonna be able to have that um, that level of customization yeah yeah it's true because in the previous games in the genre there's not been that sort of it's it's been more about the 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 shooting the the tactical co-op based shooting and the uh, you you get what you're given in terms of loadout to an extent obviously the multiplayer allows you to mix things up a bit more but uh, in terms of the cinematic story modes the campaigns of the gears of war and gears games it's pretty much like yeah everything's designed for you to have the right equipment for that level but here you've actually got the chance to be the kind of the gears commander yeah absolutely um i mean and certainly again it goes back to it's not just a strategic thing again i think it's that it helps you to build the bond with the game i remember playing you know wrestling video games at university with a bunch of guys and and we would spend ages customizing the faces to try and make them look as much like us as possible. Yes. <laughs> Always end up with something slightly freakish looking, but especially if it was on the, I don't know, the N64 or something, it's very, very hard. Um, I don't know if you remember, the uh, there was uh, Rare were attempting to allow you to use the Game Boy camera yeah. to photograph your face and paste it into the game, but uh, Nintendo decided that, they didn't want uh, the news stories about people shooting their classmates and stuff like that, but a, a pity. Yes, yeah. I mean, I think anything that you can, any any time you can offer a level of customization, um, you know, I, I'm pretty confident that there's no one who's going to play Gears Tactics who will have exactly the same musical experience as someone else just because of that level right. of interactivity in the music. Yeah. Now there must be a moment uh, which I haven't. I've I've seen one in the intro, but beyond that, uh, no doubt uh, I'm anticipating a terrifying kind of boss battle type scenario with a corpser. Uh, is this piece called corpser from that, or is it uh, is it for a cinematic introduction? No, this is absolutely from the um, from the boss battle. It was okay. It was. Um, I just had great fun writing it, uh, and it came out I think really well. So uh, when we were curate, curating the, the soundtrack, it, it sort of a no-brainer, well, that's got to go on. And also, I think the corpse is so um, such an interesting uh, boss to have to defeat. Scariest, Scariest glove, glove puppet, puppet yes. um, I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and what's, uh, what sort of uh, palette have you gone for with, with the corpse track to, to make him sound suitably um, intimidating and alien if they are in? Well, they're not alien, actually, because they come from underground. But That's, well, and, I mean, technically they're all, yeah, they're all made by Yukon. So um, they're all, I guess, test, yeah. test-tubed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, 
it's uh, it's a kind of slightly knuckly looking spider yeah. kind of creature. So we've got lots of um, bashing of, of of violin bows on the on the bodies, and and I mean it's one of the things that real real players when you ask them to do that get really upset yeah. because they're playing very expensive, beautiful instruments yeah. from their from, children. Yeah, well, but also you know just actual kind of pieces of musical history. Sometimes these things yeah, yeah. are. 200 years old and were made by some obscure luthier in Venice, you know, and mm, you're saying mm. we want you to bash it. And actually, yeah, so samples in, in that situation typically uh, end up being um, more, more favorable anyway. And unfortunately it's, um, it's uh, a wide palette of, of, of wooden instruments being bashed. I mean, I smacked guitars, I played bass on it and there's a bit of kind of slapping of the old bass guitar there as well. Oh, it's, yeah. There's there's loads of of just hit, hitting trying to get plucky uncomfortable textures.
Corpser from Gears Tactics. Excellent stuff composed by Edward White from the new Gears Tactics, which uh, is available now on, you can play it on PC. It hasn't, I think there is going to be an Xbox One version, but it, I didn't see it on my console store at this point. So the, the intention was very much PC first and to optimize right. the game for PC. And then when sure. you're going to transfer it over onto a console, I think, they want to make sure that everyone on Xbox has uh, as good an experience as the PC players, but that yes. requires a certain amount of finessing. For sure, yes. Although uh, it's good to see that the uh, the PC version that I've played some of opens up with an accessibility menu uh, with a number of options uh, in that area, but also does offer controller support out the gate. So, um, so that should make their job slightly less onerous than the the old days of um, taking PC strategy games like Command and Conquer and trying to make them work on a D-pad and, and four buttons. Um, having the modern controllers with the twin analogs and 16 or 17 buttons uh, certainly does help, and we've seen it done well. So, um, yeah, no doubt. Uh, I have every confidence that uh, they'll be able to bring it across. Um, yeah, the main thing for me to want to play it on the console as opposed to the PC would just be... Uh, so it's bigger, <laughs> even bigger looking and louder, actually. Um, yeah, fill in the room. Now, our next piece, uh, penultimate piece, is called Off Into the Sunset, which makes me wonder if this comes at the end. It does, yes. I mean, and, and um, there is, I think, actually a sunset in that cinematic as well. So it's, um, you know, and it, it's, it's informed by a character line. So... Yeah, the people that make it to the end um, essentially have formed a new family together, and I think it's one of the the few times in the Gears universe. It's so bloody, it's so dark, it's so mm -hmm. uh, fraught with um, failure and bad things happening. It just felt like we really need to have a win, and I spent most of the the game. Um, writing the score for the game, having to walk this fine line between you know heroic things happening, and yet in gears it can never be too heroic because it's sort of onwards to the next battle rather than that you've won the war. Right. Um, yeah, and especially in this case, you know there's worse to come elsewhere. That's right. So I mean, it just kind of felt like well, they've 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 earned a respite, so we can mm. we can uh, enjoy that moment. Okay, well, if player, listener, you ever get to hear this, you've done well. Uh, as I understand it, the game gets pretty challenging later on. And you'll have, if you ever hear this tune again, if you're not just uh, listening to the OST, you've, you've earned it off into the sunset.
the closing bit, the closing music from Gears Tactics off into the sunset. So that's your uh, your incentive to get there again is to uh, to have to listen to that music and feel like you've actually earned it. Now, uh, before we say goodbye and thank you to Edward, um, I wanted to ask uh, just a little bit about your your other work in history. Um, looking at your sort of uh, your impressive IMDb resume, was there a was there something in TV or film that you would say was your big break? I'm I'm noticing uh, Bear Grylls here, which is always a pretty high profile thing. It's um, I mean yeah, the, the the Bear Grylls stuff was fun. As you said right at the beginning, I mean I've been really fortunate in the sense that my there are co- composers who find that they do lots of one particular thing and I've been really fortunate in that I've done theatre, I've done films, I've done commercials uh, mm. and, I've, and I've done TV um, and right now I'm working on a really interesting project which sort of straddles those two things, got to the end of it uh, where because of what's happening in the world at the moment, filmmakers are having to find other ways of making their films and the Unreal Engine which is typically a video games engine um, is actually providing a really great environment for people to continue working and continue to tell stories. So I've worked recently on a project with a filmmaker called Haz Dulul, um called Battlesuit, coming out quite soon. Sounds cool. And uh, listener, if you ever saw the advert with a surprising appearance from Robert De Niro That's talking right. about bagels... That was that. That was that was Edward's work as well. Who knew? Yeah, I mean, you know, that that was a great project actually, because when they phone you up and they say it's Robert De Niro, you... we've got De Niro. Yeah, we've got De Niro, and he's basically lampooning himself in Goodfellas. I think it was one of those projects where if you don't have De Niro, it doesn't work. Like, it, and and for me, that was the really compelling thing about doing it. And of course, yeah. Martin Scorsese doesn't score his films. Typically, they have lots of. Um, Right, songs yeah. and, and and things like that in, but we had to really evoke the Scorsese-ness of uh, the Warburton's commercial. Oh, that's fascinating! And you won an award for uh, for an advert for Volkswagen as well. Yes, yeah, so I was really um, lucky. I got a uh, British Arrow, Golden British Arrow, for that, and that commercial actually won a Clio as well, which I hadn't realised until recently. Beautiful. Um, so obviously I know there are always NDAs and all this kind of thing and you probably can't tell us too much, but are there more video games in your future? I hope so. I'm a, you know, for me, I'm a, I'm a gamer um, and I love where games are going. I love the, the, the opportunity that VR presents, but I also like the fact that there are now people who really revere kind of side-scrolling games and are doing really interesting yeah. things in that domain so i'm trying to get uh, get my next job and uh, it's it's an interesting one so watch this space okay if there was one game franchise that you could speak to the producers of right now and say i would love to write some music for this this next game in this series what would it be i've definitely got a western in me so you know red dead redemption okay. 3 i'm available <laughs> You may have some time to work on that one. <laughs> it might be a while. Uh, but yeah, uh, who knows? It might already be in the works. Maybe they could get you, as you've done the uh, Warburton's Goodfellas thing, perhaps they'll get you on for GTA 6. Yeah, yeah. I mean, equally, I mean, um, <laughs> I, 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 any of those would be lovely. <laughs> all right. So before we close with Campfire, well, I want to thank you for your time and joining us and telling us all about your Gears tactics and composition experience. 
And uh, we, yeah, tell us, uh, tell listeners where to find you and your work and uh, plug away. So uh, I'm on uh, I'm I'm on Twitter uh, Ed, Edward Patrick W um, and uh, I'm on Facebook uh, Edward Patrick White um, and I have a website EdwardPatrickWhite.com. Um, it's true. So yeah, I'm out there. I'm on the web. You can find me quite easily. Good, Good stuff. stuff. And yeah, uh, if you've got Game Pass like I have, uh, you can download. If you've got a PC that will work it. Um, you can download Gears Tactics right now uh, if, if your account's up and running. Otherwise, you can buy it, of course, uh, for the usual types of money. Um, and, yeah, get into that. So our final piece, Campfire. When does this one crop up? Is it a, a, a touching and intimate scene for once? It is a touching and intimate scene, but perhaps coming from um, the perspective of someone you might not expect it from. Um, and certainly I think that it's in the story arc for the, for the game, it, it's necessary so that the group can go forward and, and do what they have to in the final act. It's, uh, a kind of a lancing of a boil or that's probably the wrong metaphor. It's, it's, it's <laughs> a, a character needs to move past something and there's a campfire involved. <laughs> okay. Um, Oblique and interesting. Now I need to go. This is, is such a cheesy thing to say, but now I need to go and play some more Gears Tactics. Find out what's going on. Do. I uh, think it's thanks again. <laughs> thanks again so much, Edward. And we'll leave you, listener, with this uh, with this final piece, Campfire, and we'll see you next time on Sound of Play. <laughs>